hour to the game. It's officially the game after work. And I want to pop on here just to educate a few folks about something. I just wanted to be clear. Gazpacho is a soup. <laughs> it is not like some secret police <laughs> or a secret group of spies. Nothing like uh, expecting... Uh the conversation to be sports and you decide to throw a little political edge into it there. But well, I wasn't going to say anything about that joke. until you brought it up, but Oh my goodness. It's uh I I just had a good laugh over the uh, break. Again, welcome back into the game. Mitch Fortner, Big Steve is across the glass, Troy Coverdale is across the table from me. I want to thank again Derek Young from Case in a Line stopping by in the first hour. And if you didn't hear the conversation we had with DY talking K-State men's basketball, K-State football recruiting, NewsRadioKman.com on the on-demand tab. The first hour posted. Uh, we'll have the full show up after the show, of course. And you can also find the game KMAN podcast wherever you find your podcast. Just search for the game KMAN. Uh, well, we we do have Mitch Palm coming up here in just a moment. But uh, ha- have you ever been one of those people like after you get your haircut, you're like, man. I should also got my eyebrows trimmed because that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. I should I, I got a haircut today, first one in a couple of months. Hair was too long, and I forgot to get my eyebrows trimmed. A little upset with myself. First Troy, w- you don't look like you have that issue. You yeah, have nice eyebrows. Yeah, first world problems. Big Steve, you were telling us before the show that you never grow your hair out, but it kind of turns into a fro. He can't figure out his headset. Never mind. No, no, no. The the ear popped off. These ones are almost done. Uh, yeah, back in high school, had what uh, my wife dubbed the ginge fro because I'm a natural redhead, and it just after a certain point, it just gets thicker. It no longer grows longer. It just thickens. Let's have a conversation real quick. For somebody who is a redhead, is it offensive to redheads to be called? <laughs> I don't even want to say because I want to get the answer first. <laughs> I, the, the serious so, question. Okay, so like, is it seri- truly offensive? To seriously answer, it depends on the person. Okay, um, some people like it and whatnot. Some people don't. I know when I was growing up, when that South Park episode had came out, which is where yeah, that was really, kind of a like, big one. Yeah, I remember like kind of middle school. I wasn't really cool with it, but now it's like I'm an adult. If somebody, you know, if somebody's trying to make fun of me, okay, so I make fun of myself like every morning in the mirror, anyway. So like. To me, it doesn't matter. Other people, it still gets on their nerves. It just depends on who you're talking to. Like, if it's not okay to say it, I definitely won't say it. I just, I don't think that's a conversation that's ever been had. Obviously, right. you don't I mean, any derogatory words like that. You know, it's not cool. Right. But I think that's the one, or one of a few, I'm I'm sure that just has never been discussed. Like, is it okay? Is it not okay? Is it crazy offensive? Right. To call somebody who is a redhead and, you know, the pale skin, you know, the, I, I'm trying to describe no, what, no, I'm, I got what I'm talking about. I'm trying not to be offensive, of it, course. It's probably more offensive if you put an adjective in front of it, say, along right. the lines of flaming. Right. Because, like, ginger itself is used as a word to describe, like, we have a cat at home and you describe our, one of our cats as a ginger cat because he's, like, kind of that orange, reddish, and white and whatnot. So you use that term to... Okay, our cat's kind of a ginger blended-ish cat, you know, orange and white and stuff. So, like, it really just depends on how you're using the word and just, I guess, who you're saying it to and what context. Like, there's all these puzzle pieces that have to go into it. Okay. 
See, I, it, it's I didn't ba- know. It's based on whoever's truth <laughs> in the moment. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, well, but to you it's not offensive? Yeah, not really, no. Okay. It's not a, a word I typically use anyway. But it's a it's a you brought the South Park episode. Yeah, that's how I knew that word even existed. Actually, same. That's how that's how that whole part of middle school happened because like everybody was calling me that. I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, do you not watch South Park? I'm like, my mom doesn't let me watch South Park because like well, she's yeah, like, super strict. Turn into like people like you don't have souls. That's- I mean, I'll admit that all day long. I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't. <laughs> I okay. Well, I, I didn't know. I thought that was a interesting thing to bring up since you started it yeah that's yeah. not that's not going to be a discussion around my mother <laughs> because my mom is a redhead all right ah. big steve let's give the people what they want you got it you've heard of ken Palm. well that guy here's mitch Palm with tonight's prediction if anything's offensive, I'm surprised that intro hasn't gotten any hate mail yet. I, I, you know? I, I'm still amazed that you know we haven't gotten that that phone call from uh, the athletic director asking you to rid rid our airwaves of that. It's probably because it's bleeped. Uh, you would be surprised. I've uh, received some phone calls once in a while because you know the uh, old f bomb didn't say the whole thing, but I you know kind of abbreviated partial, it. Yeah. You know, the first syllable and then the ing. And got yeah, a few phone calls on that. Out, they yeah. didn't like that. Listen, you hecking. Yeah. <laughs> it's K-Man. All right. So, uh, Mitch Palm, of course, K-State is taking on number 10 Baylor tonight, which also I wanted to bring up as well as we open up Mitch Palm. You know, the K-State women's basketball team is also playing Baylor tonight at 7 o'clock, but that's at the Farrell Center in Waco. And it was announced earlier today that Aoka Lee has been named to the watch list for the Wade Trophy Award. So now she is officially on at least a watch list for every top women's basketball honor that can be given out. So uh, I know Caitlin Clark is the women's college basketball darling this year, I, even though to me Aukali is still the best player in the, in the country. But Caitlin Clark of Iowa, she can knock down those crazy long threes. She nearly averages a double-double. She might be winning a lot of those honors. But Aoka Lee deserves a, at least a few. At least a few. She's probably deserved them for longer than that, of course. All right. By the way, the K-State women at Baylor. That'll be on ESPN+. Plus, and so will the K-State men tonight. And by the way, both Baylor teams are number 10 in the country. There's a lot of similarities. But here's uh, one difference. The K-State women have beaten Baylor earlier this year. The K-State men did not beat Baylor a few weeks ago. Let's break down this matchup. It's a big preview of well, the Baylor Bears. Their record is 19-4. They're 7-3 in the Big 12. That has them in a tie for second place in the Big 12. They're coming off a loss to Kansas where they were just absolutely blitzed, 83-59, and they've lost two of their last three. The win was against West Virginia by four, and the Mountaineers had a chance to win that game, and they did not. The Cats are 12 and 10. They've won their last two, and they've won four of its last seven. And K State is tied for sixth in Big 12 play. So going back to that first meeting, Baylor won 74 to 49. K State Selton Miguel, that was the game he got hurt in. And uh, one of the big Mitch Palm factors was not letting Jonathan Chamwa Chachua have a big game. And guess what? Off the bench, he has a big game 13 points and 12 rebounds. Freshman Kendall Brown. 
has 10 points, 11 boards in that game. K-State was terrible on rebounding against Baylor. That's not really a big surprise, but what was a huge issue in that first game is how good Baylor was in the paint. They outscored Baylor. Uh, K- Baylor outscored K-State in the paint, 38-20. to 20. Now, got this from K-State Online. Shout out to the K-State Online guys for coming up with these numbers. Uh, they allowed, K-State allowed Baylor to make 73% of their two-point shots. That is the best Baylor clip ever against a Big 12 opponent. Did that on the heels of K-State getting beaten so badly rebounding-wise against Kansas. So you put those two games together and by far and away the worst rebounding stretch of the year for the Wildcats. Now I will mention that Mitch Palm has put down here the recent injury issues for the Bears. They have not played consistent basketball the last mm-hmm. four weeks. They are 4-4 four and four in their last eight games. Jeremy uh, Sohan, he's dealing with a left ankle issue. James Akinjo, who did not play in that first game against K-State, he uh, hurt his tailbone not too long ago, but he should be back in the lineup. Uh, Adam Flagler, um, bothered with a bruised knee. And then LJ Cryer, who has missed the last three games for Baylor, uh, he is still dealing with a surgically repaired right foot. That's been bothering him lately, and he is a big question mark for this Baylor game uh, tonight. But Baylor's managed to win four games since these recent issues with injuries. Now, I mentioned James Akinjo, who will be back in the lineup. He did not play in the first game against K-State, but he's a former Arizona guard who is really solid. He's really good. As a matter of fact, in the win over West Virginia, 25 points. He was a major factor in their last win. But I mentioned the question mark with LJ Cryer, and that is a big factor tonight. Will he play? That is the big question. He is a game-time decision, according to head coach Scott Drew. He's averaging 14 points a game. That puts him in the top 10 in the Big 12. Uh, He has not played since the K-State game, where he scored 14 points in 28 minutes. But he is the nation's fourth best three-point shooter at 46.73%. He has hit 53 pointers this year out of 107 attempts. That is an amazing clip. When he shoots it, he is deadly. He can be a sniper. But may I remind you, Nigel Pack, he is going to play tonight. And he is the nation's 21st best three-point shooter at 43.42%. He has made 66 of 152 three-pointers. Now, keep this in mind as well. Mitch Palm does have to bring this up. Do you remember the first meeting and how Baylor did what they could to make sure Nigel Pack did not go off? And I, I, I can't really say for the most part, but they did a decent job. But Nigel Pack still finished the game with 13 points. But Baylor knows he's averaging 17 a game, and he is the third best three-point shooter in the Big 12. Now, i got to keep in mind as well, Baylor is actually, and this is a big one for Mitch Palm, Baylor is the nation's only team ranked in the top 40 in scoring offense and scoring defense. But you know what? You know, I mentioned lately the injuries for Baylor and how they're 4-4 four and four in the last eight. Baylor is the 25th best scoring defense in the country. 
A lot of that obviously comes from non-con play, and they did so with doing a great job defensively in the first part of their Big 12 play. But they have not been so solid when it comes to what's happened in the last eight games. Baylor this year is averaging just giving up 62 points a game, but in the last eight games, does it turn into nine? Baylor's given up 79 points a game. That's a big difference. That's a 17-point mm-hmm. difference. And remember, when, when Baylor was playing their best defense this year, they were undefeated. They were the nation's only undefeated there for a while. They were number one in the country. And then injuries started to happen. And then the defense wasn't as good. Offensively, though, yeah, they're still pretty good. Now, what Mitch Palm also likes is with Baylor's defense struggling over the last eight games, well, they're no longer really the best team in the Big 12 when it comes to turning over teams. And K-State only turns the ball over 11 times a game. K-State has to protect the basketball, obviously, and it also comes down to making shots. Because Baylor has held K-State below 70 points over the last six meetings, while Baylor has scored over 73 points in those last six meetings. That's the Baylor winning streak against K-State. And I mentioned this in the first hour. Can Mike McGurl come through? Because when Mike McGurl scores in double figures, K-State hasn't lost a game. K-State is 5-0 when Mike McGurl is in double figures. And, uh, yeah, it's coming to some big victories. He scored 10 against Wichita State. He scored 10 against Texas Tech. 13 on Saturday against TCU. 13 against Texas. Yeah, and a lot of big wins this year for K-State. Mike McGurl has come through with knocking down shots. A quad one win is on the line tonight for both teams. Actually, I take that back. Since K-State is 63rd in the net, that's actually technically a quad two win for Baylor. It means much more to K-State if they can knock off the Baylor Bears. That goes without saying, actually. Didn't even need to bring up the quad one victory. But it is on the line tonight for K-State, and they beat Baylor quad one victory. Ken Palm has given the Cats a 30% chance of winning. However, and that's a final score of 71-65. Again, 30%. That doesn't sound like a 30% final score to me. Mitch Palm is giving K-State a much better chance of winning tonight. 44% chance. Hmm. Kind of putting it in the Texas category. Yeah, Mitch Palm technically isn't saying K-State wins the game. But it's kind of a, you know what, don't be surprised if they find a way to pull off an upset. But Mitch Palm does have the final score of 73-70. to 70. 44% chance the Cats get it done tonight. What do you think, Troy? They're going to have to rebound a heck of a lot better than they did in Waco. The last... They're going to have to make sure that they get paint touches on the offensive end of the floor. Two things that have to happen for them to succeed. Well, the last two games for K-State have been victories. Mm -hmm. In both games, they've been out-rebounded, but just slightly. It wasn't by, you know, 11 like the last time these two teams Right. No, I mean it's going to have to be close in terms of rebounding. And you know what? I, I, I would say in that TCU game, maybe they got a little luck on their side when it came to beating TCU because 
TCU grabbed 15 offensive rebounds Mm -hmm. in that game. But also, TCU missed their last 11 three-pointers they attempted in that game, and K-State was hitting some shots. They were hitting some shots when they needed them. When when TCU made a couple of runs, got it within a score or two, here comes the Cats. They knocked down some shots. Kellis yesterday pointed out to you how long it had been since the Cats had won three straight. When was what was the streak on that? Uh, that goes back to 2019. So that's how long it's been, and this would be a three-game winning streak if they pull it off tonight. That's big, if they're able to do it. Guys, don't forget, that's going to do it for Mitch Palm, but don't forget, coming up at around 540-ish, uh, uh, a big time, number one song of the day, the 300th number one song of the day, and it's a special one. But up next, Arkansas and Auburn. The finish, was it classless? We'll discuss next. The game continues on KMAN, and man, we've had a pretty good week of basketball so far. College basketball has been a lot of fun this week. The Jayhawks lose, uh, Duke loses, and then number one goes down last night. The Auburn Tigers, finally, they were really close to losing many games lately. Mm-hmm. Like, on the verge, right? Like, they get lucky, I, you could say, in Columbia, Missouri, uh, was a, is an example of that, as it looked like Missouri might win that ball game. But, uh the Razorbacks, they got it done. Eric Musselman's team, they get it done in overtime with a 7 nothing run as they win 80-76. to But it, not so much the game they're talking about. Everybody's talking about the finish to the game and how it was classless. Um, I disagree. So what happened at the end of the game? The game was won after Arkansas gets a late steal, and then as the time is winding down in the final seconds – a lob down to the other end of the floor where there's an Arkansas Razorback all by himself, bounces the ball off the floor, and catches the ball midair and dunks it as the buzzer sounds. First of all, sweet dunk. But is it classless? Because the shot didn't count. So the four-point win was there without the dunk at the end. Okay. But was it classless to do that? I say absolutely not because... Uh, important detail in there was, well, the uh, Auburn team decided to dance on the center court logo before the game. And this was while Arkansas was warming up. Fans were in the building. Um, Here's the deal. If anybody from Auburn is calling this classless, this is just retaliation. This reminds me of when Barry Brown dunked at the end of the KU game in 2019 Mm -hmm. That wasn't in a classless manner. That was in retaliation because Brandon Green dunked at the end of a K-State KU game in Allen Fieldhouse without being any sort of a – I mean, there wasn't really anything before that. K-State didn't dance on any logo. Calling it classless, I mean, this isn't, this isn't fine dining. 
This isn't a fine dining at a five-star restaurant where you put your napkin on your lap, you hold your fork correctly, and you show your manners. You're not wearing a bow tie. This college basketball. Right. I get if you dunk at the end of the game and you've won the contest. If you're doing that without anything beforehand, it's all about the story. You know, Arkansas didn't need to go, or I'm sorry, Alabama didn't need to go into Fayetteville and go dance on any logo, even though they apparently do that before games, but they usually do it at the free throw line. Not at center stripe. Right. It's not classless. That was the thing is the lights going off at the end, that was a little bit worrisome because you know Auburn's trying to get off the floor. Mm-hmm. And the place is going nuts. Fans are storming the court. They just beat the number one team in the country. And Arkansas is a good team. But fans are storming the court while these lights are flashing and they're it's pretty dark in there. K-State Baseball will do this when they flash the lights. They'll do some sort of pattern with the mm-hmm. lights on a night game after they win a game or hit a home run. Auburn, uh, Auburn not so much. Alabama bait, uh, football does it. And, you know, downright turns it into almost a strobe effect with their game lights. But that's the first I've seen it happen where it's the at the final of a basketball game. Someone made a call to do that because of it being the upset. And I don't think that they considered the safety aspect of it at all in in making that call. And that's where it really becomes an issue. Because from a safety standpoint, that is troublesome. The way I understand it, Auburn showed disrespect. Coming into somebody else's house, like, actually, here's the way I'll put it. I hope Baylor dances on the Power Cat before tonight's game. <laughs> Add fire. Add more flame to the, add more gasoline to the fire, please, Baylor. Please do so. I know the cats want this one badly, and I'm sure it's going to be a decent environment tonight. I hope the fans show up, which I, I'm sure they will. Well, I should say the students. I know the students will show up. The Oklahoma State game. Uh, there are quite a few empty seats when it comes to the season ticket holders and those outside of the student section, but there was a full three sections of students, and I'm sure they might want to win twenty thousand dollars tonight. That's also on the line. Ooh. That'll be a halftime thing. Okay. They did $10,000 for the Oklahoma State contest, and the uh, young lady left it quite short. Oops. But somebody will get an opportunity to win twenty grand tonight. And I uh, hear there's more prizes up for grabs for this game as well for the student section. Also, they also they dropped $2 bills because it was two, two, twenty-two. Mm-hmm. So $2 bills rained nice. in Bramblage Coliseum. Baylor, I... I'm going to try to talk to the team. You know, I catch them when they run out. Hey, guys, uh, dance on the center logo. Do you mind showing some disrespect? That way uh, the Cats knock off the number 10 team in the country tonight. All right. When we come back, a very special number one song of the day is next. Oh, my God. Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. But, you know, who understands those rap guys? They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so black. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough because you notice that butt was stuck. 
in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I want to get with you and take your picture. My whole boy's trying to warn me, but that butt you got makes me so horny. Ooh, rump a smooth skin. You say you I believe this song needs no introduction. But for those that don't know, from 1992, Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-A-Lot, five weeks at number one. It's one of those songs that makes Troy awkward. If you know what I mean. Yeah, okay. The, the fact that it was on the charts when I was a young man and got played rather loudly in my, at the time, Cutlass. Well, I was going to ask you, I was like, since you, this came out during your heyday, your college days, was this played in the apartment? Did you go to Aggieville and dance to this? I didn't dance in Aggieville, first of all. So I can say that did that you, would be a no. Did you When you went yes, to parties, this got, did this get played? Yes, this got played. That, that was kind of a given. Yes, this got played. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our 300th number one song of the day, and I wanted to go with a banger. Sir Mix a Lot, an American rapper, songwriter, record producer from Seattle, Washington. I really couldn't find anything like that was like super interesting about him. Although he was in the same high school class at that same high school with Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. But that was pretty interesting. Right? Yeah. Guns N' Roses uh, bassist. But for Sir Mix a Lot, six studio albums. He is a one hit wonder. This was his only top 40. And it was from his third. There it is. Uh, from his third <laughs> studio album, Mag Daddy. Man, Troy threw up some heavy spirit fingers when uh, oh, yeah. we got Baby Got Back to kick in. Almost looks like he was calling a touchdown for a sec there. <laughs> One of the albums that he released, uh, I believe, was called Swass. It's been a long time since I've listened to Mix. It really is a long time since I've heard it. Was that what, his. what people called him back in 1992? Just mix? Yes. Delete, uh, Swass, debut album in 88. So. Well, here we go. Let's, let's do a little dive into the song. So, of course, this brought Sir Mix-a-Lot national fame. He was previously just kind of locally popular in Seattle. He tried to follow it up, but I will say he did have another number one as a uh, songwriter. He had another hit, I should say. He didn't go number one, but another hit. Uh, Don'tcha by the Pussycat Dolls. He co-wrote that with CeeLo Green. Did not know that. So... Does anybody have an idea what this song is about? I can tell not, you. Not a thing. No. Not totally no. clueless over here. Well, let me let me educate you. Oh, my God, Becky. Well, this is about women with big butts. Really? Wow. I yeah. color me shocked. And the men who love them. Now, Sir Mix-a-Lot, he got the idea when he was watching a Super Bowl on TV, a Budweiser beer commercial came on and the models were like really skinny and just not his type of woman. Also, none of them were of color. Um, so he also spoke to TMZ in 2014 and said also a big influence was J-Lo. And when she was on the show in Living Color. Makes sense. 
In uh, in 2016, though, he went even deeper about the meaning of this song when he was speaking to the Tacoma Weekly. He said um, that it was a lot more serious than a lot of people took it. He said the song is really talking about the lack of acceptance by Hollywood of the African-American body. He was talking about, like, the Serena Williams kind of curves. Hmm. Back in that era... What they did, as in Hollywood, is when they cast women of color, they were either prostitutes or maids. And they were usually overweight. Well, they picked the uh, worst example they could find cosmetically, and they'd throw that in front of us. Said he wanted to talk about it, and that's what Baby Got Back is really about. Now, the outrage of the music video, there was outrage when the song came out, so much so that it was banned from MTV. That just added to the popularity, and of course, Sir Mix-A-Lot played up the controversy. It was the second best-selling song in the United States in uh, 1992. The top-selling? Troy, want to take a guess? I, I just... Ay, ay, ay. Smells like teen spirit. No. Oh, thank God. Into uh, the Road by Boys to Men. Makes sense. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. It won the 90, uh, 1993 Grammy Award for Best Rap Solo Performance. Also was, you know, sampled by Nicki Minaj in 2014 for her song, Anaconda. Illegally, add that. They did not get rights yeah, for it before. Right. They got sued. I did not know that. that. I did no. not. Um, you'll also, just uh, by way of noting. Wait, wait, wait. How, how did that not, how did you not get cleared? You can, Sir Mix-a-Lot is literally saying my anaconda don't mm-hmm. multiple times. Mm-hmm. How does that not, how do you not clear that first? That is amateur hour, even though that's what hip-hop does anyway. That's almost the definition of hip-hop. You mentioned that, the, that's, the, that's a joke, by the, the way. The band from MTV. Even so far as uh, the song has a sample in there from another group who was known for its bands, Two Live Crew, Miso Horny, thrown in there. Really? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm sure they got that cleared, though. I did not. Oh, that's find, a given. Did not find anything on that. Um, in 2008, it was ranked number 17 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of Hip Hop. Hmm. It was also listed number one on VH1's greatest one-hit wonders of the 90s. However, Rolling Stone's top 500 songs. Where does it rank? You guys want to take a guess? 483. I'm going to drop a little lower than that. I'm going to say at least top 200. I'm going to go to like 294. Well, that was a that was a trick question. Not in there? It was not in oh. the top 500 for Rolling Stone. That's why I went low. All right, guys, I got to get to Bramlage Coliseum. Troy and uh, Big Steve going to give you Ask Us Anything hey, hey, next. Hey, can, see if you can get them to play this tonight. Back on the game, one final segment. Mitch headed out to uh, Bramlage to... Do his saltwater rinses and his civilness checks. And Get ready for game time. Correct. Make sure that he's ready to 
give us the call of Nigel Pack, for example. Four, three. Anyway. <laughs> so, right. but he'll be back, of course, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Definitely. David G., I'm not sure what's going on with him. Probably baby duty. Uh, that's a good point. Changes Probably. everything, doesn't it? It looks like it does. I don't have a kiddo of mine yet. Maybe someday. Not too sure. Don't know how we want to approach that. Guess we'll just jump right in to ask us anything then. So this was the Ask a K-Rocker question because Dave G always does that. So I figured I'd continue okay. on in the spirit of David G today. All right. What life-changing item in a positive way, mind you, can you buy for less than 100 bucks? Hmm. Hmm. That's not an answer. That's a that's a <laughs> heck of a question. Uh, go right ahead. Take okay, a shot. So for me, less than a hundred bucks. That's life changing in a positive way. A new mouse. I just recently upgraded my keyboard and mouse set at home because I do a lot of Twitch streaming. By the way, twitch.tv slash DJ Delarobia. I'll shout that out. Uh, so I just got a new gaming keyboard and mouse, and oh my goodness, it is just life changing. Spent like less than a hundred for. Both the keyboard and the mouse. Mm-hmm. An Alexa dot. Okay. Life changing in the aspect that you know you get used to bedroom on, as opposed to gotcha, where you remove it and everything just goes downhill. Eh? Yeah, you you, ha- <laughs> you have to actually you know throw switches yourself. I mean, come on. <laughs> what have we become? All right. right, here's the next one. What is your least favorite band, any genre, and we're excluding Nickelback? That's off the table immediately because you can't say that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hmm. Least favorite band. Diamond Rio. Diamond Rio. Okay. Any particular reason? Just not really your type of stuff? Just got burned out on it. Okay. Too many times of... Either them or Restless Heart. You could okay. go with that, you know. But yeah, similar in terms of the country. Genre and right. overplay when I had to deal with country music. Right. Now, I will say for me, it's Queensryche. Never really, like, because I'm into heavy metal, and they're kind of like a metal-ish band. Never really got into them. Kind of my least favorite. I've right? listened to a couple of their songs. So, dumbest, most expensive thing you've ever bought. <laughs> I don't wow. like that grin. Uh, oh, I'm just trying to think. I really loaded these this time, didn't I? Someone will probably shoot me for this one, but probably the Ford Ranger I had for a while. Okay. Why was that the dumbest thing you bought? Pretty much overkill. It was overkill. A Ford and Ranger overkill? Hold on. Are we talking about the same vehicle here? Uh, yeah. Overkill, because I really don't need a pickup for all that much, oh, to be honest. It was more of like the, the, okay, the pickup aspect. Okay. And it was a lemon. So, They're not very powerful vehicles. They no, they but, last forever. No, but it it was a lemon. We wound up dumping so much extra money into that it was not worth frustrating it. and right. yeah. Okay. Uh, the dumbest, most expensive thing I ever bought, a couple hundred bucks. It was an audio plugin, and what they didn't tell me in the fine print was it was it was a weird company too. It only allowed you to use it. Only on the one computer. If you want to oh. use it anywhere else, even if you got a new computer, you got to buy a whole new license. And I bought that while I was a teenager when audio plugins were becoming like this newfangled 
thing for audio mixing, and I was so mad because I loved that plugin. Then I got a new Mac, and I couldn't. Yeah, and you couldn't. I do couldn't it. download it. Yep. It's like no, you got to buy it again. So that's the dumbest thing, most yep. expensive thing I've ever bought.